Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Oh, man. <laughs> That's kind of like one of those things where, like, Papa's speaking over you, and he's telling you all these amazing things, and you're like, oh. I needed to hear that. That's so good. That's how you see me. <laughs> Thanks, honey. That was encouraging. I was just getting wrecked. I'm like, oh, you know, and you're just like, but I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. And God's like, that's who you are. That's how I made you. That's what I see. That's all I see is the good. That's all I see. That's you. <laughs> and you just get to be like, okay, I'll own it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, here we go. They gave me a microphone again. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to share this morning. Excuse me. And um, I kind of knew that it was going to be on intimacy. But I had taken some notes down, and they were on my phone. (laughs) And then my phone died, and it didn't come back to life. That has never happened to my phone before. I have a nice phone. It shouldn't do that. But my notes were gone, and I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting, God. Don't know what I'm going to do. And then instead of stressing about it, I watched a movie. (laughs) And I just trusted that God's already in me. I don't need to, like, dig anything up. It's there, right? He's in all of us. You guys don't have different versions of the Holy Spirit in you. There's not, like, many sizes, like, that come in small, medium, and large. No, you have the Holy Spirit, and he's always powerful, and he always has love to give. And so I'm like, well, Holy Spirit's in me. Something's going to come out. That's Holy Spirit, you know? So... That's what's going to happen today. Um, I asked my children this morning. I have a five-year-old or a four-year-old and six-year-old. And I was like, hey, guys, so mama's, mama's teaching in church today. And they're like, yay, they're going to be with us. I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not teaching in kids today. I'm teaching the adults. And they're like, oh. I'm like, but I lost all my notes, guys. Like, what, what do you think I should tell them? What, what should I tell the adults about God, because <laughs> it's always good to ask innocent kids what they think about God, right? And it's just so simple. My four-year-old August, he goes, I know, Mom, you should tell him about God. <laughs> okay, honey, that's a great idea. Good start, bud. What about God? Just that he loves everybody. And Reagan chimes in, she's six. Yeah, every kind of people, rich or poor, old or young, it doesn't matter. And Mom, we don't have to be perfect. It's like, that's so good. Come on, Reagan. And this is the best. August goes, yeah, he loves us even if we aren't purpler. I said, purpler? Oh, did you mean popular? It's like, yeah, mom, what does that mean? I said, I don't know, but I did just means that, you know, if you're not popular, maybe a lot of people don't like, I don't even know where he gets this word, right? He's four. Like we don't talk about popularity. They don't care about popularity when they're that young, but guys just passing on the word. He loves you. Even if you're not purpler. Okay. As a (laughs) pure word from heaven, from, from the little ones. Um, so yeah, my, I just, I'm just going to share my story today. I'm just going to share my walk with God. And because 
everybody has a story, right? And, and the, the story, your story is a testimony of Jesus. Is the testimony of Jesus coming into your life and wrecking you and making you new and, 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 and teaching you about who you are. And every time you share your story, something has to happen. Because it's a testimony of Jesus' power, right? Come on. Um, I just love, okay, how many of you have read this? The Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the best kids' Bible, right? I read it. Do you cry when you read it? I cry every time. I'm like, this is like the gospel simplified. So I'm going to read the introduction of this Bible. I did it this morning. It was really good. I really liked it because it, it basically boils down for the kids and the parents that get a hold of it and read it and get wrecked. Um, that the whole Bible, the whole create everything is just a love story because that's what it's all about is intimacy with Jesus. Like, it all boils down to that, that he died, that he sent his son so that we could have intimacy, free intimacy with God. And so I'm going to read this. It's really good. Just, just enjoy story time. Um, <laughs> God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere. Because God created everything in his world to reflect him like a mirror, to show us what he's like, to help us know him, and to make our hearts sing. Isn't that amazing? That like everything that's created in this world is a love note from God. Like all we have to do is recognize, I shared this this morning, a friend of mine posted on her Instagram, I was like, that's it. She goes, look, God's leaving me love notes. And she had all these pictures, and um, the, the first picture was a picture of her salad, and the leaves looked like little hearts all over her salad. And then the next picture was like a picture of some fig on a drink, and it looked like a heart. And then the next picture was a rock that she found on the ground, and it was a heart. And it was like God was ministering to her through her salad <laughs> and through the rocks. And, but, but what struck me was that like, I'm a, I'm a pretty practical person. Like, I'm pretty logical. Jesse's the one that's like very faith, like any, like Mr. Optimistic sees God in everything. And I'm like, but logically, like, that's just a, that's just a, a heart rock. Like, that's cool. But like, I mean, anybody could have found that heart rock and, you know, but what struck me was that she, she saw those love notes. They were love notes. They weren't just coincidences. It was like, God was like, I'm here. I'm right here. And I love you. And he's always doing that with us. You guys, isn't that amazing? Like, He's always talking, always. I love this. I'm going to keep going. Um, and God put it into words too, and he wrote it in a book called the Bible. Now, some people think the Bible's a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it because they show you how life works best. That's a good thing to know. How does life work best? It's good, but it's not mainly about rules. It's about God and what he has done not the rules that we can follow, right? Other people think the Bible is a book of heroes showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some really big mistakes, a lot of times on purpose. They get afraid and run away, and at times they're downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a faraway country to win back his lost treasures. It's a love story. 
about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. And I love that that's the introduction to my kid's Bible. Because that's what I want everything that they build. Found, I, I want that as their foundation. You know? That it's not about right and wrong, good and bad. That comes as we mature in Christ and, and want to be close to him. It's about love. It's about intimacy with Papa God. It's about knowing him intimately and being vulnerable and close with him. Isn't that good? Like, when I get, when I get overwhelmed in life, I just go back to this verse. This verse keeps reverberating in my head. I think Heidi Baker said it once while she was on the floor getting messed up. And I was like, that's it. But she, um, I can't remember who it was exactly. But I just remember this person, like, simplifying, like, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 2. I claim to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's like boiled down, simple Jesus. Everything else comes into place when we go back here. <laughs> Jesus came and died and he's in love. <laughs> he's in love with us. And everything else follows from that. Isn't that amazing? That's so good. So I'm going to tell you the story of how God romanced me and how I fell in love with him. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, that... that <laughs> I honestly don't care what I say today. I was like, God, I don't really care. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to share. I just want people to feel love. I just want people to feel encountered by him. I know, like, I grew up in the church, and so I feel like so often we come into a building, and we sit, and we listen to a teaching, but, we, but it's like, what actually happened between me and God? You know, did I, did I get more tools to be better or did I actually have an experience with a living king? Was I actually poured out? Was I actually, you know, encountered by him? Did I actually commune with him and with people? And so, God, I just, I'm just going to pray. <laughs> God, I just declare, I just, I just, I thank you, God, that you want to encounter each and every one of us today, God. You have a special love note written for each and every one of us. You have a special message for each and every one of us that everybody in here would experience your love tangibly, God. Would know who they are as your precious son or daughter. Yeah, thank you for being here, God. You're so good. We really like you. <laughs> yeah, amen. So I grew up in a Christian home and um, uh, super grateful for that, like, my parents raised me really well, really good morals. I, I grew up here, went to Mariner's Christian School, and then went on to Corona Del Mar High School. And, um, you know, but it was, the, the, it was like, uh, okay, God, we're, you're good. I know love. I know right and wrong. I've experienced you before, but there wasn't a whole lot of experience. It was a whole lot of be good. 
And it wasn't purposeful, of course. It was just kind of what happened. And so I grew tired of being good because those people looked like they were having more fun, right? And so you go, okay, well, this isn't fun anymore. I'm not experiencing God's power. I have my ticket into heaven. I prayed that special prayer. I'm going to heaven when I die. Woo! And so now God is so good that I'm just going to go over here for a little bit and I'm going to have some fun because that wasn't very fun over there. And then when I'm good and ready, I'll just say, oh, forgive me. And he's going to invite me right back in. And I'm just going to be able to get married and raise my kids in a good, steady Christian home. And we'll be good, right? But I just need to do this for a little bit because this looks really fun. So that's what I did. And I had this twisted, right? That's such a twisted gospel, the ticket into heaven. Like, how did we get that? What, where does it say that? Like, pray this prayer and you got your ticket. And it's not about that. <laughs> I mean, heaven is eternity. It's now. It starts now, right? It starts now. As soon as you make that choice to, to, to have Jesus be Lord in your life. So, but I didn't know that. And um, the, you know, people that taught in church didn't really know that. Otherwise, they would have taught more about experience and encounter and, and the power, the things that you see in the Bible of healing and, and, and things that I'm like, well, that must, have, that must just happen in Africa because it doesn't happen in my church. People don't get healed. Like we pray for you, but I, I don't really know what happens. Like, it's like you have your prayer list and then please help grandma. And then you're like, well, I don't know what actually happened. So, you know, that was my experience. And, um, <laughs> and so I got tired of that because it didn't feel powerful or fun. And I went off on my way into drinking and all that stuff. And um, I, I remember somebody told me in hindsight, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Because I used to have this black and white mentality of good and bad. And somebody explained it to me. He's like, but Jess, the enemy is not a creator, God's the creator. The enemy can't create anything new. So what he does is he takes, he takes what God already made. And God made us to be um, beings that want to experience. Like we have this capacity where we want like an emotional encounter. And we want to be um, intoxicated with emotion and feeling and joy because we were made for these feelings. And, and hear me what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, that our walk with Jesus is led by our feelings. But yet we are emotional beings, right? And so the enemy takes what God created, which love, intoxicating love, all these beautiful feelings, and he takes it and he twists it and causes death. And so it feels really good. So the drinking and all that feels really good. Whatever vice you, you know, put, fill in the blank. For me, I, I turn to drinking and, 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 you know, a little bit of pot in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was really fun, right? I was like, oh, nobody told me this was fun. Like, everybody said it was bad, but they, they lied to me. This is actually really fun. I don't know what you guys were, you know? I'm like, the church lied, okay, because this is so much fun. And I lived in that life. But it was because I had a perverted view of good and bad. And, it, and, it, and in the end, obviously, what happens is it, is it ends up killing you, right? So here I am, my junior year in college. I'm at the University of San Diego. Come on, San Diego. Woo-woo! And, um, and I'm just like, what the heck? Like, here I am. I'm going to be a junior. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I like biology. And I tell people I'm going to be a nurse practitioner because everybody asks what you're going to do. And you have to have an answer. But I really don't know. But I'm going to say that because that sounds really good and smart. And, but really, I'm really lost inside. And at that point, I had, um, I had been anorexic. It turned into bulimia. It was just all that, the lies of identity, right? Like, 
you're going to try to, you're going to try to fill yourself with something if it's not Jesus. And so that's where I was getting my identity was, well, if I make myself look a certain way, then I'll be accepted. Then I'll be loved. I, I didn't know how to accept myself just as I was. And so, um, and so here I was and I, and I just, I remember one day I, I was like, what the heck? I can't take it anymore. And this, um, this campus minister who I'd been speaking to and kind of like brushing him off, like he emailed me a couple times. I'm like, yeah, praise God. Yeah, I, I go to the rock church and I didn't. And I was just, you know, oh yeah, bless you brother. <laughs> just trying to hide that I'm, you know, living this total not Christian life. But I think there was something there that, that came back to my mind as he, was, as he was ministering to me and sharing his story even though I tried to block him out, because my heart started shifting. And so here I am, and I, and I am on, in the computer lab, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing for my classes next year, and I can't figure it out because I have to do a 7.45 a.m. class, and that's going to ruin my social life. And so it's the end of the world, and I'm going up into my room, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I just did, I just made a quick decision. I went, God, take me back. <laughs> And he came so powerfully into my room, you guys, that all those fun nights out in the club, I was like, what? This is way more fun. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but it's electricity and love and acceptance. And I literally turned around because I felt a tangible hug, like a blanket was placed over me. And I was like, God, you are so real. I thought I knew what Christianity was all about, because I grew up in it. I thought I knew. This is so much better than what I thought. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing doing all those things? God is so real, you guys. And he wants to encounter us that way all the time. That Christianity doesn't have to be this, like, stale walk with the Lord. But it's a beautiful love story (laughs) of, of him encountering us. Every single day, every single day, you guys, every single day. And so I was, I was, I was in my room and I'm being just encountered. And I'm like, what the heck was I waiting for? I'm like, I need to tell everybody this is so good. And it wasn't like, all of a sudden, all those things about what I grew up with, like, well, you need to share your, this is how you preach the gospel. You say these things and you tell them, you know, if it's Turner Burn, you're like, you might go to hell if the, it like all went out the window. It's like, I don't care what they think of me anymore. Like, this is too good not to share. And it clicked like, oh my gosh, that's all it takes is an encounter with the Lord. And you don't care. You Like all your philosophies, all your theologies, all your debates that you learned. I learned, you know, some like how to debate with Mormons and how to da da da. I'm like, that's way too much pressure. I don't know how to do all that. Like, that's too much information. God, if it's that hard, I'm not going to share anything because that doesn't sound fun to me. And you wonder why, you know, people get burned out in ministry. Like, you just got to go back to the source. It's intimacy. It'll come out of you. It'll come flying out of you. Love will come out of you. Holy Spirit will be there doing the work. His yoke is easy. His yoke is so easy. Like, just just go be with him. (laughs) Just go be with him and everything's going to be okay. Or was I in my story? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I, I, so I, so then I became a campus missionary and I just loved sharing about Jesus and, um, actually ended up going into sorority houses and speaking on eating disorders. And I would just, I remember just going in there and it's so crazy you guys, because I was so insecure before it, it was just like, how, how am I standing in front of these women who are so intimidating in the natural because they're all gorgeous and they're all, you know, cool and popular. And, um, I just, I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I just felt so much love for them. I just saw the brokenness and I was like, I can't help it. I have to let you guys know because there's so much more for you guys. Like I know what you're trapped in. I was living in it and I know you look like you're having fun and you look like everything's all together, but I know what your heart is feeling inside without Jesus because I was there. And so I'd go and I would share and I would just, I would just be messed up up there. I'd just be like, and they'd be staring at me. Like, I don't know what to do with this girl. And some people will come up to me afterwards and be bawling and be a mess, you know, and have radical encounters. But I think for the most of them, they were like, that was a little too truthful. I don't know what to do with her. And, um, <laughs> but I know seeds were planted because it was the Holy Spirit pouring out of me. <laughs> anyway, that was, that was a fun time in my life. I got to go into the craziest sorority houses and just preach. It was fun. Um, <laughs> he's really, really good. He's really, really good. Um, yeah, intimacy. It all comes down to intimacy with him. Everything comes out of intimacy. I remember that season of my life. I experienced the most powerful encounters with people. You know, we, we do things in this church. Like, we do outreach. Like, we're doing an outreach in Huntington. And um, <clears throat> I love that. I love that we get to go on the, out and, and just and, and pray for people. But to be honest, most of the time, I, I still don't want to do it. I still am like, oh, that's too scary. Oh, like, sharing my faith. But as soon as I go back to the simplicity of intimacy with him, like, it's so easy to share love with people when you're in love. Like, when you're in love, like, think about it. Like, when you fall in love in the natural, right? Like, when I fell in love with Jesse, it was so easy to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm in love, and I like this, and I like this, and la, 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 you know, like, you're in love, and you don't care, and everything is, is, is fine and easy, and it's the same thing with Jesus, right? Like, when you're in love, like, you don't think about, oh, my gosh, what if, what if I say it wrong? Or what if, I, what if I'd have to debate with an atheist and I don't know the right things to debate? And I don't know, like, no, that's too much work. That's too much work. And, and, and so just going back to that simplicity of like, I am loved. I am safe. God, you love these people in front of me. <laughs> and you, fall, you end up falling in love with people when you know how loved you are. When you know how loved you are, you will fall in love with other people. They will no longer be an intimidation or a threat or something that's scary, you know, especially if you're intro- introverted and you're like, I don't like to talk to people. I don't like talking about the weather and that stuff is really, you know, like that stuff will go out the window when you're in love. It'll just go because you'll just, you'll just, you'll just love the other person the way that they see, the way that God sees them. You'll see the way God sees them. And then it's so easy. You just say what God's saying, right? It's so easy. I think we make it a little too hard on ourselves sometimes. But yeah, falling in love with Jesus. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I just feel God's love for you guys so strongly. The other couple weeks ago, I got up here and I just started crying when I was doing the transition because I just feel, I just feel God's love for everybody so strongly. Like God just, (laughs) he just, that's all he wants is just intimacy. He just wants your hearts. He just wants closeness. He just wants realness. He doesn't want you to get your act together. He doesn't want you to be better. (laughs) That comes when you're in love. (laughs) That comes when you're in love. Yeah, even in the really hard times. Um, uh, uh, Jesse and I have been through, uh, (laughs) I want to say really hard, but to be honest, it hasn't been that hard in hindsight because he's so faithful. But they have been some of the most challenging last two years of our lives. We've had to walk through losing six babies. And you know those things in your life where you're like, this is either going to destroy my connection with Jesus and I'm going to get really hard and really bitter or it's going to make me the most tender person. And it's one or the other usually. I mean, I don't really see another, another way because I feel like through that experience, my heart has been so tenderized. You know, when you go through pain, it's like your heart feels like it's like getting pounded by a meat pounder sometimes. And you're just like, make the pain stop. Just make it stop. It hurts so bad. And you're either going to put a shield up and be like, to stop the pain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harden myself in some way. Or you're just going to let him come in and take care of those places and your heart's going to stay soft. And <clears throat> the, the, the last baby that we lost... The sixth one, <laughs> Jesus, six. It's so dumb, right? You're like, how in the world that's not okay? Each time it was like, I had to, we had to walk through again. What does God's word say? What are his promises? Those past experiences are not going to dictate where I stand today. I'm not going to look back there. This is what God's word says. And I had all these prophetic, you know, I had like a vision board. I had all these things where I put up like all the words that God had spoken over me. And we were so excited. And then to get the news that there was no longer life, it it hit me the hardest the sixth time. It really threatened my relationship with God. Everything in me wanted to be like, F you, you know, like, why, why would you lie to me? That is so unkind. Have you guys ever been there where you're like, why... That doesn't make any sense. Like, that's not who you are. And I remember Jesse and I, my parents had the kids. We, had, we were at the doctor's, and we were driving. And we're like, what do we do? Where do we go? And I was like, just pull over. Just pull over. I don't know. We just need to cry something. And so we're sitting there crying, like, God, what the heck? And the first thing out of my mouth, because I knew, I could feel it. I could feel this, like, anger and separation trying to wedge itself between me and the Lord. And put distrust there. And I was like, God, you have better do something about this. Because this is threatening my connection with you. And I don't have the strength or the emotional capacity to fight it right now. I don't know what it is going to look like. But this better not come between us. Like, help it, help it not come between us, God. 
And it was because I was so weak, I had nothing, right? I had nothing. I couldn't muster up anything. I couldn't say anything good. I couldn't declare. It was just like, ah, like what? But I think declaring that, God was like, yeah, I see your heart. I see that, and I'm not going to let that come between us. And so when your hard moments, I don't know what it is, fill in the blank. Maybe you haven't been through something, you know, that traumatic, or maybe you have, but... And those times when it's threatening that intimacy, even if you don't have anything and you don't have any strength, like at least just say, don't let this become come between us, God. I cannot have this between us. We have to stay close somehow, right? And then it's the journey of your heart of, 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 of letting your feelings be heard. Because I think so often we just want to go like, uh, move down pain. God, you're good down pain. God, you're good. And, and there is something about declaring the opposite. There is something about taking thoughts captive. Yes, I believe in that. I do that. At the same time, if we're shutting up our pain and stuffing it down, it's going to find a way out sometime. It's going to lead to depression and confusion and, and lack of intimacy. And there's going to be that feeling between you and God where you're like, I don't know, we just don't feel so close anymore. I don't know why. It's because of something that you shoved down and didn't look at. And so I have never gone through grieving like we have in the last two years. Like, I don't even know how, I'm like, wow, this has made my heart so tender and so vulnerable for people that go through pain because it is a crazy process. But I realized like it's, it would have been so easy to just be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine because I'm really good at doing that, you know? Like, I'll cry a little bit, and then it's fine, and we're going to move on, and we're happy, and we're good, and God is good, and God is faithful, and yet I didn't look at the pain. I just shoved it down, and, and so God's taught me about that, and what does it look like, and are you going to be hard, or are you going to be tender, and so I've had moments where, I mean, like an hour where I'm just crying in this encounter with God, and I'm, everything's coming out right? All the FUs, all the how could you, all the how could you be so cruel, like all those thoughts that you think that you think I shouldn't think those or say those out loud to God because that's really mean because the Bible says he's good and I know he's good, but your heart's screaming he's not good, he's unkind, he lied to you, and so we try to shut that up and like move on. But there's something about giving that a voice. It, it just brought me closer to him. It's vulnerability, right? Like he already knows why hide it from him, he already knows what your heart is feeling inside. Why try to pretend like it's not there? Because that's just what brings, like if I did that with Jesse, you know, like if you did that with your spouse, like I have all this bitter, I'm just gonna pretend like it's not there and we're just gonna move on, but I'm gonna feel disconnected. And so I've had time, those times with him where I let it all out, but yet I don't stay there, right? Because those moments should lead you to deeper intimacy and intimacy produces joy and life and abundance. And so the point is not to wallow in it, but to express it, to be vulnerable with him, to let him see all of you, to let him see your whole heart, to stop hiding it from him so that he can come in and actually do what he needs to do to bring you that peace and joy and restoration that you need, right? It's like I watched my kids. Okay, my four-year-old son, actually my six-year-old did this too. She doesn't do it as much anymore. But he does this thing where if he thinks he's in trouble or he's mad, um, he runs away. He's like, I'm so mad at you. You know, and he like goes and he like finds a corner and he's like, huh, I'm mad at you, mom. 
And I'm like, well, at least I've taught you to express your emotions. Like, you're, you're, you're putting words to your emotions. Good job, son. I'm mad at you. Okay, good. But he's running away. And I'm like, hey, bud, just come on. Just let me hold you. No, I'm mad at you. And I'm like, okay, buddy, I'm right here. I won't leave you in your pain. I, w- I won't leave you with all those big, scary emotions. I'll be right here when you're ready. And I feel like that's so God with us. Like, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I actually am right next to you. Have you ever had, I've had these experiences where like, I'd be like, hey, God. And he's like, yeah. And his voice is like right here. And I'm like, oh crap, you've been there the whole time. Hi. Hi, God. And he's like, yeah, 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 babe. I never left. I'm still here. I'm still here. Even if you're doing your mad at you, <laughs> mad at you, God, not going to look at you. <laughs> I'm just going to keep moving on in my life and pretend like I'm all good. <laughs> I don't know where that voice came from, but um, <laughs> that's not how I usually talk. Um, <laughs> anyway, so August, right, eventually, what does he have to do to come out to me? He has to be vulnerable. He has to let his walls down, all the anger that's seemingly protecting him. He has to actually get soft, and come admit that he needs a hug. Like, that's a big deal. And for little kids, they do it pretty quickly. Um, You know, for August, sometimes it takes a while, but he eventually will come, and he'll just be crying. He'll just be crying, I was so mad, and you didn't, and and you just, and I just have to sit there and be like, oh, buddy, I know, you were so mad. I know, I know you didn't want that chip broken in half. I know. Because it's usually something like that, right? <laughs> like something really small that's like, rah! Um, and, and, and I'm like, dang, God, like that takes a lot of vulnerability to put down our wall sometimes when we're mad. But it opens, it opens a door in our heart to be like, I am terrified. I don't know if I want a hug from you, God, but I'm going to let my guard down and I'm going to stop I'm going to stop being mad for just a second. After I get it all out, if I, after I do my I'm mad fit and be actually honest and vulnerable instead of st- stuffing it and saying, praise Jesus, I'm actually going to let you see my tantrum. <laughs> then I'm going to invite you in. And he comes so powerfully and he holds us so tenderly and he restores that joy. Like the only reason why we were able to keep going when we had loss after loss was because each time he restored us. He restored us each time. Like that's what he does. He's really good at it. He's really good at restoring our hearts when there's pain. If we let him, if we give our hearts to him, if we say, okay, I don't know if I can trust you, God. I'm terrified. You this, 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 and this. You better do something because I got nothing. I'm so weak right now. I'm hurting. It's a beautiful thing. He's really powerful. And so that's where I stand now. Like, I've heard people say, like, how could you even walk through that again? I said, I don't, I don't know. It's supernatural. I just, I just know it's going to be okay no matter what. And I don't, my experiences back there don't dictate what is current. Like, his word is still his word. And those prophetic words that I wrote on that dream board, I came home that day, and I, I picked it up, and I was, I was about to do one of these with the board. You know, I was going to crack it and be like, screw you, God, you lied. Something stopped me, and I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand, but somehow that has to still be true. 
even though I didn't experience it. Somehow that has to be true because God is not a liar. And my mind does not comprehend it. I was talking to my kids the other day and they were, they were talking about the beginning of God has always existed. Well, didn't God, well, he had to, where did he start? How old is God? Like, well, he always was. Well, wasn't he made like before the creation and then he, no, he, he always was. And they kept asking Athan, like, babes, I know. I don't even get it. Like, that makes no sense to our minds, right? We live in time. Everything is judged by He lives outside of time. Like, God is so big. And so for me to, to say all those words that he said about that baby were true. Baby was going to live. This, 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 this. How could, how could his words be true and what I experienced happen simultaneously? I don't know. But I'm going to stand on truth. Because if I try to figure out the why, you can ask why all day. You're usually not going to find the why. Why didn't I get healed? Why this? Why that? It's going to put too much pressure on yourself. Was it my faith? I didn't do enough. I probably should have done more declarations. I probably, oh, that one time I doubted, that's probably what caused it. That is, that is exhausting. Uh, that is not how God calls us to live. Yes, he calls us to, to purify our mind. And yes, I was, you know, filling myself with testimonies and, and declaring things for my mind to be renewed. But what if we go to, it was us? That's, a, that's, that's shameful, right? Like there's something wrong with me that I didn't get healed or something I didn't do enough of. And I think there's a reason why the Bible, when it gives examples of healing, doesn't go into every single person that God healed had enough faith for it, right? Otherwise, it would be our faith every time. There's examples where it was like, your faith has healed you. And there's examples where it was like that person had no faith and they still got healed. It was Jesus, right? Like, that's refreshing to me. (laughs) Verses that say faith is a mustard seed. I'm like, all right, I got the mustard seed, you know? And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys to not judge yourself or blame yourself for things not happening. Yes, do what you need to do, but it all comes down to intimacy. Like, just simplify it back to intimacy. If there's something blocking intimacy, ask your, ask your heart, ask Holy Spirit what you need to unblock it. Because everything will flow from intimacy, everything will. That is how I'm able to say God wants us to have more kids. I'm not just putting on a face and saying, this is what the Bible says and and I need to declare it. Like, I actually believe it because I've walked through. I've, I've, I've let my heart be heard in those areas. <laughs> anyway, is this okay? It's, it's so quiet in here. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I didn't even know what I was going to share. What time is it? How am I doing on time? Okay. I'm just going to read this verse. God loves us so much. He loves us so much. It's a love story. It's just a love story. Like, we're here because of love. We're here because of intimacy. Um, Oh, no, that's not what I want to read. I'm going to read Matthew 25. Um. This has just been ministering to me. I'm like, yes, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Just hang out with Jesus. Everything else comes from that. This is the parable of the ten, ten virgins. If you want to turn there, go ahead. Um, it says, at the time, the kingdom of heaven will 
be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Uh, I love this example. It's, uh, so in this time period, that's actually what they would do was when they got married, they didn't go to their honeymoon right away. They actually, the, bri- the groom went away and they would prepare a place and the bride, it was like they, they didn't know when the groom was coming back, but you had to be ready. <clears throat> so this, this analogy was very applicable to them about the kingdom. It said five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy and fell asleep. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like, Jesus, where are you? You're taking a long time in coming. At midnight, they, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said, to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not, not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. <laughs> you can't, oil with intimacy with Jesus is cultivated just between you and him. You can't get it anywhere else. I know like going to, like we went to a ministry school and it's so easy to kind of feel like you're riding on the coattails of other people's revelations and other people's intimacy. When you're around that kind of culture, you kind of feel pulled along and like the worship's really good and you're like, I'm feeling really close, you know, because you're kind of riding on everybody else's intimacy. But then when you're just doing life, like where's the intimacy? You know, how are you personally cultivating intimacy with Jesus? Because he's always there writing love notes to you. He's always wooing you. It's not about being better, just about being loved. Come on, that's really good. That's a good word right there. (laughs) I like it. Okay, so it says, um, buy some for yourselves. But while they're on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, they said, open the doors for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Ah, that messes me up. Keep watch. Because you don't know the the day or the hour. (laughs) Jesus, I just get so messed up by that. I'm like, God, we can't be a people who fall asleep and who forget about the main thing, about intimacy with you. We can't be the ones that God says, "I, I didn't know you. Like, oh, that my heart, you know, my heart just breaks. And so I just want to encourage you, like, this isn't, this isn't, yeah, like I said, this isn't a do better, be better message. This is a just be loved. Just let him woo you. Let him love you. Start noticing the love notes that he leaves for you. Start cultivating just that daily, you know, noticing just a simple turning. I remember somebody asking me, like, well, how do we do it daily? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, most of the time, I'm super distracted with my kids. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there you are, Jesus. And I just keep going. And I'm like, you know, focusing on being a good mom. And, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, but it's a, there's a book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence. And it's just a simple turning. Just practicing that, like, oh, yeah. Hi, God. You still there? Yes. Yes, darling. I'm right here. I love you, you know, and it's just, it's just simple. It doesn't have to be, okay, I need to get my room and I need to get my journal out here and my Bible out here and I need the right soaking music and I need the candles and I need the mood and kids be quiet, having Jesus time. 
Well, you know, like it doesn't need to be like that. Although those times are good, and I really encourage you to cultivate that as well. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out that with having a family. Um, but uh, but yeah, just in those simple in your car, just a simple turning, like, hey God, you there? And it's amazing what He says. He's always there, and everything flows out of that. I love it. So simple. Come on. That's my story. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why don't you guys all stand up? I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray because, yes. <laughs> wow. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so faithful. You know every inch of our hearts. You know every inch of us, God. Yeah, I just declare encounter over each one of us that we would daily have experiences with you where we hear your sweet whispers to us, where we realize what we carry and what we have in you, God. That we matter so much to you that right now, (laughs) right now, right this second he's in love with you, Not when you go home and purpose to do more quiet time. (laughs) Like right now, right now, he is emphatically in love with you. Emphatically. The Bible talks about how he rejoices over us with singing. That word rejoice is like spinning and, and just emotions, like electricity. Like, ah, I can't contain my joy, my love for my kids. He's emphatic. He loves you. He's so proud of you. He's so excited to do life with you. (laughs) So excited. So thank you, God, for encounters, God. Thank you for intimacy, God. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Can we get the prayer team come on up here? Did you guys... uh, I asked the first services, and I just want to see is how many of you guys, and you can stand if you want, I'm going to release you in a second, but how many of you guys, you saw a piece of your story in Jessica's story? Just raise your hand. Like maybe it was some of the joy, the breakthrough, some of the trials, but it's a real thing, guys, that we can walk through storms and come out still tenderized. That, is, that to me is how we sustain a move of God is that we can, we can, we can be in, the, in the, the incredible joy and be with other people or be in our own incredible painful moments and still believe that he's good and he's faithful. And if I can just keep my heart tender towards it all, I'm going to walk out of this with a, with a massive victory and breakthrough in my life. And, and that's how you grow from glory to glory is, you, is you, you, you just keep yourself available to him like she did. She's incredible. And doesn't mean you don't seek trials, you don't see persecution because the Bible promises. But if we can keep a tender heart towards every time we feel persecuted, every time it gets difficult, the world will look at us and they will be like, how are you still functioning outside of depression? How do you not need medication still? And we can just say, I don't know, it's Jesus. He walked me through every step of the way. He came and found me, he came and grabbed me out of my hidden corner and he held me and he hugged me and he wants to hold you too. Do you want to give your life to him right now? I just believe that's what's going to happen. We don't have to worry about what the world's going to look like, even though I think it's getting better. 
because we have a faith and a trust that it, there's room for joy in every circumstance. Anyway, bless you guys. We're going to have um, our prayer teams up here. We had a, you know, if you need a prayer, if you need a word from the Lord, um, come on up. We had a ton of people get healed this first service. If, if, I don't know what second service yet, but come on up. If you need healing, a, a word. Other than that, we'll see you next week. Um, I love you guys. Have an incredible weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.